Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. For more videos, messages, and content, be sure to subscribe to our channels on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for a great way to stay connected throughout the week. Tune in as Pastor Jason brings this week's message from our series, Optics. Anybody got your heart open, ready for a message from the Word of God tonight? That's the greatest thing, is if God could just put something in our hearts and in our lives to help us. And I want to want to begin a new series. I'm overly excited about this series. It's been in my heart for a long time, like a long time. And uh, it was originally called The Dark Side. Uh, and then I found out that everybody associates that with Star Wars. So I changed. I'm not a big, I, I watch Star Wars with my son, but I don't really know anything about it. I fall asleep halfway through, but forgive me for all of the Star Wars junkies out there. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't want to do I don't want to be preaching about Yoda or whatever, you know, like that's not the message. So I, I'm preaching a message for the next four weeks called optics is I want to talk about what you see. Uh, I want to talk about what you're seeing in your life and get into some vision and uh, just personal vision. We're going to share some corporate vision as well. So we're going to do this for four weekends. And the last weekend of this series is going to be something we've never done before. It's going to be the vision weekend. And we're going to look at the next 12 months of what God has for Coast Life Church. And so, yeah, if, if you're a part of our church family, it would really mean a lot if you were there that weekend, because we just want everybody to share in this information and, and this vision together. I learned a long time ago that a church can't be built around one person, but it does have to be built around one vision. And that's the tricky thing. Sometimes we build it around one pastor, but that's not how the body's supposed to work. That's not healthy. But then that it can't be built around just one man or one woman, but God does give one vision. And it's all of us sharing in that vision that takes us to a preferred future. And I, I want to just talk about optics. I want to do the study of, of sight and light. And I want to, I want to talk about what you're seeing. How many of you know that we see things differently? Like every person in this room sees things differently. And if you don't believe that you are not married, I can tell, I can, t I can tell you that right now because you, you didn't know how different somebody could see things until about those first six months of marriage. Like, you saw that, I saw this. We are, we are living on different planets. Just, there's just, you just see things differently. I was, I was purchasing an item one time, and during the checkout process, uh, the, the, the lady who was at the register, she was, this is pertinent information, she was at least 20 years older than me. Like, she was a, a lady that was considerably older than me, and during the, the checkout process, it required my phone number. And so she goes, Kay, can I have your number? And I was like, whoa, I'm married. <laughs> and I just like taken. And I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and she was just like, sir, I need your number for the purchase process. And I was like, I know I was making a joke. And then we just stared at each other for a good long while, like a good amount of time. It was like awkward. And it was like, I think we're seeing this differently. Yeah, not everybody has my sense of humor. And 
it ranges. What you think is funny might be different than what I think is funny. I'm funny and you're not in that situation. <laughs> Get some joy in your life. Um, we see things differently. You know, I think my team's better than your team. Go sports, rah, rah, rah. Uh, we see things differently with politics and in all of that stuff, you know, some of it, it, there's a range of how important it is. And it's, it's relatively mild not to see eye to eye on what we find humorous. But then it becomes like really, really important when you're talking about things that are eternal. When you're, when you're talking about the things of God. Like it's very important that we see clearly and you would think, you would think that it would be very difficult to miss something like God, right? Like God's pretty big, fills the universe, all of creation testifies to his glory and his existence. And so you would think, man, it's so easy just to, just to see God, but God came to the earth in the form of Jesus Christ. And yet the Bible says that there were people who preferred darkness instead of light. And so God came in the form of Jesus Christ and, and people miss God. And I, I don't, I don't want to miss God. I don't want to miss God for me and I don't want you to miss God. I don't, want to, I don't want our church to miss what God has for us because evidently it's possible to see God and not recognize God. It's possible to see God and not recognize that it's actually God working in my life, that God's doing some things in my life, and, and how, we, how we see the world is important. And so this whole series comes from a verse that, uh, like one of those verses that, I don't know if you have those, it just got in my heart years ago, and I've referenced it some, but I've never done a series on it. There's a whole other context, and we'll, there's, there's more to come, so don't judge me harshly on this message. I'm just getting started tonight. But Matthew 6, Jesus says this, verses 22 and 23. He said, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body, your mind, your will, your soul, your emotions, everything about your person will be filled with light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body, your mind, your will, your soul, your emotions will be filled with darkness. If then... The light in you, the way that you're supposed to see the world is darkness. How great is that darkness? What Jesus is saying is when we talk about optics and we talk about vision, vision is the lamp of your life. It's, it's what's illuminating your life. And what you see physically, I want you to hear this. What you see physically is influenced by how you feel emotionally and also uh, by how you believe spiritually. That, that you, you see something, but what you're seeing is influenced by how you're feeling and by what you really believe. Like the, it's, it's difficult, but sometimes we, we have to realize that, that what we're seeing is, is shaped by something. And so Jesus says, the eye is the window of the soul. That it's the window through which we're looking at the world. And whether or not you, what the condition of the window is shaping the way you see the condition of the world. The other day, I work out at a gym. You can probably tell. Uh, it was so. Uh, and I, I look out the windows and I can see if it's, if it's raining or if it's sunshining. 
The other day I was working out, just getting swole, massively pumped. And I didn't, I didn't know if they'd have a large enough shirt for me with the new, but they, they got it. Um, and I swore that, that like there was a storm coming. And I was like, I was at the end of my workout, so I was kind of rushing because I wanted to beat the rain out. And I ran out the, the door, and it was just perfectly blue skies. I didn't know they tinted the windows of my gym. It, it wasn't dark outside. It was, it was dark on the inside. Mmm, somebody. Somebody. That what I was seeing was shaped by the tint on the window. And what Jesus is saying, that there's some things you're seeing in your life that it's being, it's being shaped or it's being clouded, could be distorted by some filters that are on your life. And we have a phrase for this now. It's called a worldview. Like every person in this room has a worldview. And you, you, you make decisions and you vote and you, you, you choose lifestyle choices and you go directions in your life because of your worldview. And that's what Jesus is saying, that you have a worldview. And the way that you view the world is making decisions for you. And it's very dangerous to have a dark and a negative worldview. Like I, I came up in, in church that honestly, as a, as a collective church, had a negative worldview. It was uh, the, the worst is ahead of us, that the worst is going to happen to us. And it's really dangerous for a church to have a worldview that says defeat is ahead of us because then you start looking out and you just see pain and you just see gloom and you just see darkness and you just see valleys. But here's the proper worldview that the Bible gives us, that the church is victorious, which means when we look out, we see the problems and we see the pain and we see the mountains, but we know that through Jesus, we are triumphant because at the end of this, we win. It changes. It doesn't change the circumstances around us. It just changes the worldview that we, we have. And according to Jesus, there's only two filters for your life. There's only two. One is healthy and one is unhealthy. He didn't say there were multiple filters. He just said one's a good eye and one's a bad eye. And here's the two filters, and I'm going to get into this more next week, but here's the two filters. One is heaven and one is earth. That you're either seeing things through the lens of earthly wisdom, earthly knowledge, or you're seeing things through the lens of, of heaven, of what God has planned, what God has purposed, where God wants to take your life. And God gave us, God gave us his word, because here's, here's really what I want you to leave with tonight. I'm, I'm still going to preach for 20 more minutes because you'd feel cheated if I didn't. But here's what, here's what I want you to leave with tonight, is God is trying to give you a better picture for your life. That he's trying to give you a vision that will take you to the place that God wants you to go. And so Jesus says, good eye, world filled with light. Bad eye, it's going to be dark. Here's the question, what do you spy with your little eye? You ever play that game with your kids? I spy with my little eye. It's amazing what you focus in on when you're looking at something. What you see. 
And, and Jesus gives us the principle in Matthew 6, but there's, a, there's an Old Testament Bible story that's going to just absolutely bring it into, into focus for us. And it's the story of, of Israel when God had freed them from being slaves in Egypt and was trying to take them to a preferred future. How many of you in this room know that God's trying to take you to a preferred future? Like he's got better things in store for you. Like there's better things on the way. And he's trying to take them to a preferred future and get them there. But they send 12 spies to go spy out the land, to come back and give them a report based on what they see. And so what did they spy with their little eyes? Here's the report that they come back and give Moses. 12 of them, they're all listed in the Bible. I don't know the other 10's name. We know Joshua and Caleb. They're all in the Bible, but we only remember Joshua and Caleb because only people of faith get remembered. Come on, somebody. Um, Numbers 13, 27 through 33. And they, the spies, told Moses, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So they brought back an actual harvest from the land. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, and the Amalekites uh, dwell in the land of the Negev, and the, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites, and the Terabites, and the Gigabites, and all of the Bites and Ites are living there. And the Canaanites, they're in there too, dwell by the sea along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy out it is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all of the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak. And we came, who came from the Nephilim. And I want you to notice, I want you to notice their perception. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. Twelve spies are sent in for 40 days to look at the exact same land. They didn't go to different parts of the land. They all went together to the same land. And you know how many reports came back? Like, honestly, if I were writing this, if I were trying to think this story through without having the knowledge of the Bible, I would tell you 12 spies, 12 different opinions. 12 different people saying 12 different things. But that's not what happened. 12 spies come back. How many reports come back? Two. Because one was good and one was bad. One was healthy, one was unhealthy. You ready for this? One was heaven and one was earth. One, just a view. Now here's the thing is they, they, they all agreed on what they saw. The, the, good, the spies who brought a good report, Joshua and Caleb, uh, and the spies that brought a bad report, they all, they all agreed that the land was a land flowing with milk and honey. They all agreed that there was an incredible harvest there. They all agreed that there were wells that they didn't dig and houses they didn't build and vineyards that they didn't plant, that it was a land that was beautiful and was spacious and was prosperous. And they not only saw the good parts, they also all saw the bad parts. They also all saw that there were fortified cities. They saw that there were giants in the land, that there was going to be a battle to take over that land. They all saw the same 
thing and what they saw was not in dispute, but yet they came back with two different reports. And this is something that I'm learning in my life, honestly. It's something I'm really learning. And I want you to catch this, that I'm, I'm learning that just because I see something clearly doesn't mean that I see something correctly. That, that I, I sometimes see something so clear that because I see it clear, I think I see it correctly. Like somebody, somebody posted something about me on social media the other day. And I, I got thick skin most of the time. I've been a pastor for a long time. I know what it's like to live in the fishbowl. And here's the difference is on Monday, it ticked me off. On Tuesday, it was hilarious. <laughs> because on Monday, I was tired, I was exhausted, and I was in a bad mood. On Tuesday, I had a good night's sleep, and I was like, oh, they, they weren't saying anything negative. That was actually something very funny they were posting. I saw it, I saw it clearly on Monday. I just didn't see it correctly. I, I saw it, I, I just, there was just tiredness. There was probably some depression going on on the inside of me. There was some maybe, some issues I was working through. And so it, it changed the way that I saw. And sometimes we're seeing things clearly. And because we see it clearly, we think we're seeing it correctly. And that's the problem is because you can take a picture of what you see. I can take a snapshot of my life. I can take a snapshot of, of my problems, can take a snapshot of my pain, can take a, a snapshot of my negative circumstances. Some of you, you're, you, maybe you're having a financial problem. You could, take a, you could take a snapshot on your phone of your account and be like, I, I'm not a mathematician, but when the numbers turn red, I know that's not good. That's my problem. Some of you could take a, a snapshot of the, of the boss that's a jerk and treating you poorly. Some of you could take a picture of your spouse right now. Just do it real quick. Rose, Rose, let's, there's my problem right there. Some of you could take a picture of the empty seat where there's not a spouse. Move quickly, Jesus. By the way, you're at the right service, 7 p.m. You're going to get a hookup in Jesus' name. And here's... Here's the, culture, here's the culture that we live in. I just prophesied to somebody. Um, here's, here's, the, here's the culture that we live in is that we're masters at presenting what we want people to see. Like we, we, we can filter things. We can make it look so good. You ever, you ever met somebody in person that you had only known through social media and you just realized they do not look that way in real life? I want to teach you something. You ready for this? You know what the difference is of taking a picture from here and here? The difference from here to here. Here's, here's, here's the difference. It's about 50 pounds. From here, come on, you got, you got four chins. You, you, you want to look thin, you got to get that, like, pay way up. Who's, who's got the longest arms? Who's got the longest? You got to get, can somebody get on the roof and take this picture? I need to look, I need to look thin. Because we're masters at taking a picture of what we see. And so we take a picture. We can snapshot. There's, there's promise there. There's potential there. It's, God's got promises for me. But see the pain. I see, see all of that. And we can take a picture of what we see. 
and then make a decision based on what we see. But you know what doesn't show up is I can't take a picture of how I see it. And what we do is we think we're making decisions and we're choosing words based on what we see, but we're actually choosing those words based on how we see it. That it's not what I see that's making my decisions. It's how I see it. And, and we don't realize sometimes that I see, and I want you to look at this, I see the spouse that made me angry. And I know what they did, and I know what they said, but what I'm not seeing is how I'm seeing it through the lens of mistrust and anger from somebody that hurt me years ago and you did it and I saw it and I thought I responded to that but I didn't realize as how I was seeing it was through the filter of my pain and my hurt and my bitterness and my anger and so I chose words that I thought were based on what I saw but it wasn't really on what I saw it was on how I saw it that I was seeing it away through the lens of my soul and the Bible says this in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all of your heart. And watch this. It says, don't trust your own insight. It's the amplified version of the Bible. Don't trust your own insight. Because insight is what I see without realizing how I'm seeing it that I'm making decisions based on human instinct and human wisdom and the wisdom of the world and not the wisdom of God. And so it says, don't trust your own insight or understanding, but in all of your ways, back up a little bit and recognize and acknowledge God. And then he will make your path straight and he will make it smooth and he will remove the obstacles that are blocking your way that God's going to make a way for you because God is trying to give you a better picture for your life because this book right here is both a brochure of all of the promises of God and it's also a roadmap on how to get to the destination that God has for you and somebody's just wanting God's just wanting somebody to stop trusting instinct and reactions and acting on what I see and back up and realize how I'm seeing it and this book is God's promises for my life and when I don't trust my wisdom I trust its wisdom God has taken me to a preferred future he's taken me to some place that he wants me to be and where he wants me to go. And God's trying to get you a better picture that's going to take you to a better place. Not, not doing the same things that we've been doing. And what I need to do, sometimes we want our circumstances to change, but sometimes what I need is I don't need to fix what I see, I need to fix how I'm seeing it. Like that, I, I need to fix how I'm seeing it. Because God works in light and the enemy works in darkness. Because there's revelation and deception. And deception is deceptive because it feels like revelation. Because revelation is truth. There's truth. How many of you know that there's truth in this book? It's always been there. God, Jesus was the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. But what revelation is, 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 is truth has always been there, but revelation is when I see it in my own life. Like when it's open to me. Revelation is the truth revealed. Deception is the truth concealed. It's how the enemy works in our lives. It's what he did to Adam and Eve. If you go back and read it, he didn't straight out lie to them. He just gave them half of the truth, but kept the other part of the truth in the dark. He just closed it off. And the Bible gives us a solution 
and how to navigate our lives when, when we're trying to see through the lens of what God has for our life and not walk in the darkness of deception of I'm making decisions based on what I see clearly, but I'm just not seeing it correctly. And this was Paul's advice. You ready for this? He said, for we walk by faith and not by sight. That we're going to walk by something other than just what we see. And, and does that mean that we just turn a blind eye to all the negativity in the world and all the pain in the world and all the struggle in the world? Well, that's not what God has called us to do. He didn't say walk by faith and not have sight. He just said it's faith that is guiding us and not just our sight. Because Caleb and Joshua both saw the giants. They didn't ignore the giants. They just determined, I'm not going to make decisions based on what I see. I'm going to make decisions based on something else than that. And David... David, when he went out to fight Goliath, I love this. He goes out to fight Goliath. Goliath is a giant. David is a teenager. He's going out. His entire destiny is on the other side of this moment. God is taking him to things that he can't even possibly imagine in this moment. And David isn't going into this battle blindly. He knows what he's up against. In fact, he goes, he goes like this. He said, giant, Goliath, you come at me with a sword, and you come at me with a spear, and you come at me with a javelin. I see the sword that could slice an artery and end me quickly. I see the spear that could pierce an organ and this fight would be over. I see the javelin that if it was thrown accurately, this fight would end before it even began. He said, that's what you come at me with. And I see the sword and I see the spear and I see the javelin, but I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. In other words, I'm not living by the problems and the pain that I see. I'm not living by the earthly things that are in front of me. I'm living with a greater reality and that there is a God that is above me, that's over me, that I'm not fighting my battle, I'm fighting God's battle, that God owns my destiny, that God owns where I'm going to go and the days of my life. And so I'm not going to make decisions based on the sword. I'm going to make decisions on the name of Jesus that is waving over my life that says God holds my future and the best is yet to come. This faith doesn't take us on a journey of denying hurt and pain and sickness, denying the realities of the world. We see earth, it's just we see a greater reality that heaven is coming down, that heaven's on the way. So how did Caleb specifically jump up and say, we can do it, we can take it, the land is ours. When, when 10 of his friends, I want you to think about this, if, all t if, the, if 10 of your friends that you just went on a 40-day trip with had one declaration, how would you have a different declaration? How did Caleb have, how did he see it differently? The Bible actually tells us in, in Numbers chapter 14, it said, but my servant Caleb, and I want you to notice this, because he has a different spirit. What was on the inside of him was different than what was on the inside of them. And so based on the light or the darkness that was in their soul, they made decisions. Ten spies are dark, negative, afraid, fearful, using human wisdom and human logic. Two of them, one of them was Caleb, has light. Because here's the reality, is Caleb had a different declaration. And I want you to understand this. If you can fix what you see, 
it will fix what you say. That we're seeing things and we're choosing words and we're choosing these, these, making these decisions and these choices based on what we're seeing clearly, but we're not seeing it correctly. And if I can just, if I can just get the lens and get the tent off the lens, if I can get the window cleaned up from all of the muck of my past and all of these filters that the world has put on us and taught us that this is what life is and this is how it's going to go and these are the outcomes of the world and this is how the life is going to be. If I can get all of that stuff cleared out of my soul, then when I look out, I'll see differently. And when I see differently, I'll say differently. I'll have a different declaration about the future and about who I am in Christ and what I'm going to be. Because you can't experience something new if you keep having the same way of thinking and seeing the world. You can't have something new. And so how, how do we change? For, for many of us, we may have come in, like there's, there's things inside of us and, and we're seeing, it's not, that we're, it's not that we're seeing the wrong things. That's, that's actually a problem. We're gonna talk about it, having the wrong vision, seeing the wrong things. But sometimes it's not that we're seeing the wrong things. We're seeing it clearly. We just, we just have the wrong filter. It's just not clear. The Bible just gives us the story of a man named Asaph. I love Asaph. 73rd Psalm. This is one of my favorite verses to work through. I, I'm just going to read it. I'm, I'm done. I promise. If you're not used to Coast Life, I'm finished. I'm, at, I'm drawn to an end. They play the keys. It reminds me to quit. And we go on. There's tacos outside. And Asaph is discouraged, y'all. I just want, I want to read through it with you because I, I, I believe that his journey could be somebody's journey in this room tonight. And Asaph said this, he said, but as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping. There's somebody in this room that you might be making some decisions that are, that are putting you on a slippery slope. And I was, I was almost gone. Why, why is he slipping? He said, for I envied the proud, and I want you to notice, when I saw them prosper. Despite their wickedness, they seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like the other people. They're, they're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. Let's stop right here. Can I tell you what's going on? Asaph has been on Instagram way too much. He, he's, way, he's way caught up in it. He's like, I, I, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, when, when, I, when I was single, come on somebody, and I saw a couple not honoring God with their relationship, but they still looked happy, and I'm over here alone and single because I'm trying to honor God, it almost made me slip. When I, when I saw somebody who wasn't tithing and generous and, and I, I've been tithing and I've been generous and I, I'm struggling financially, but they're living the high life. They're going on trips and they're enjoying all of this stuff. Come on, my foot almost slipped. I saw that person that doesn't honor God, doesn't give God any time and I'm faithful in the house of God and I'm, I'm faithful to serve and I'm faithful to be here and they're, they're never in church and it seems like their world is going really well. My foot almost slipped. He's just walking 
walking through this pain and he's walking through this stuff. But then Asaph says this, and I believe this is the greatest perspective shift that anyone could ever have. Asaph said this, then I went into your sanctuary. How many of you know sometimes, sometimes you just got to get your Asaph to church. You just got to, you just got to get to the house of God. You, you got to get into the presence of God. He said, because when I got into the sanctuary, oh God, I finally saw some things differently. I saw that their future isn't as good as my future. That what's ahead of them isn't as good as what's ahead of me. And then Psalm 73, he said, then I realized my heart was bitter. The problem wasn't with them. The problem was what was going on in my heart. And I was all torn up inside. And I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. You're leading me to a glorious destiny. That there is a future for me. There is a hope for my life. And whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail. And my spirit may grow weak. But God remains the strength of my heart and he is mine forever I was bitter inside so I was seeing it incorrectly I want you to notice this here's the here's the perspective change Asaph comes in and he's them 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 the wicked are prospering them and then he starts having a pity party and he says, me, me, me. But by the time he leaves church, it's not them, them, them. And it's not me, me, me. It's you, you, you. You are the source of my life. You are my strength. You are my hope. You are my future. I'm not ignorant of what's going on in the world. I see the wicked prospering. I see people who are prospering that don't deserve to be blessed. I see people being happy that they're not serving God. But that's not the reality of my world. The reality of my world is I serve a God that is bigger than all of that. That heaven is coming down. That God owns every footstep that I take. That he's enlarging the place under my feet. That everywhere I step, God is making a way for me. And wherever I go, God is leading me and taking me to where he wants me to go. And when I see him, I see the future the way it should be. And I can boldly declare the best is yet to come. Just, just stand with me for a moment. I, I want to pray in this room. I often wonder sometimes why, why people don't just love Jesus the way that I love Jesus. And the reality is, is they just haven't seen Jesus the way that I saw Jesus. About 23 years ago now, one night I could take you back, Phoenix, Arizona, I could take you back to the spot where I just, I just saw I had like this personal encounter with the grace of God, the love of Jesus. Tonight, with the heads bowed, eyes closed all across this room, I just, my prayer is that maybe somebody in this room, maybe you have a, an awareness of God, but maybe there just hasn't been that moment where God is just laid open to you, where 
where you see grace, where you see forgiveness, where you see salvation. God's love is clearly manifest 2,000 years ago in a cross, a brown wooden cross, red scarlet blood running down in the tan sand of a hill called Calvary. So clear. But tonight I pray that it's not just a picture in your mind. I pray that it's a revelation in your heart of how much Jesus loves you. And I promise you that one revelation changes everything else you see in your life. You just, I'm just believing that somebody's going to leave this place seen differently because they saw Jesus, his grace, his goodness. If you've never prayed a prayer, I'm going to lead us. And I just want you to pray this prayer from your heart. Coast Life family, and even if you're not family, maybe you're not praying this prayer for you, but I want you to pray it out loud because you, you might be praying it for the person on your left or your right. And we're going to pray this prayer as a church family. And this is a prayer to ask Jesus to come into our heart, into our life, to change us, not from the outside in, but from the inside out change the way that we see the world through the light of Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. He is the hope of this life. All across this room, would you, would you just say this prayer so loud? Let's fill this place with a cry to God to come into our hearts and our lives. Just say, Lord Jesus, I receive you now. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Show me your glory. Show me your goodness. Forgive me of my sin. Wash away my past. Make me a new person. Fix my perspective. Change my course. I follow your path. I walk in your ways. I declare that you are my leader and you are my Lord. And I'll never be the same again. I said I'll never be the same again. I'll never be the same again in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give Jesus a praise tonight. Thank you for being with us on the podcast today. And a great big thank you to all of those who financially support the ministry of Coast Life Church. Your generosity is helping us and resourcing us to bring God's Word into people's hearts and lives. And If you've never given and would like to, you can go to mycoastlifechurch.com forward slash give. And just know that you're resourcing and equipping us to bring the encouragement of God's Word into people's lives. Another way that you can make a difference is by simply hitting the subscribe button. Just know that means so much to us to know that you're leaning in to the Word of God. And a great big thing that you can do is hit the share button. Let other people know that there is encouragement and God's Word is there to resource them because we're here just to lead people into abundant life in Christ so they can experience life on top of life on top of life. God bless you.